Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to a really special episode. This is the first in our Conversations in Flow series. Now, over the past 14 or so years, I've had this really great opportunity to travel and explore, to learn and to play, and to really meet and connect with some of the most beautiful and inspiring souls. And today, I'm going to share one of those souls with you. So in just a few minutes, Elijah Ray, an enormously gifted and completely connected being, is going to join us in a conversation about what it's like to live in flow and why that's so vital right now. Now, flow, of course, is this state of being where we're really rooted in the reality of what's going on. And at the same time, simultaneously, we're fully open and vertically aligned to what's possible, our infinite potential. Now, this sweet spot is like this natural presence where we're actually live streaming our true awareness through our human bodies. And when we're free and open in this way, we naturally greet what's arising, you know, our habits and our reactions with a sense of curiosity and an immense compassion. And then we refine them into more optimal behaviors and responses. And we do that on the fly. Now, Elijah, this man, he takes flow to a whole new octave because he has this really unique ability to channel pure sound current through his body, through his voice, through his instruments, and through his very essence. And not only does Elijah musically express the wholeness of himself, but he also converges and merges with his listeners and his environment. And in doing so, he live streams the whole unified expression. And he calls this the band of light. And so in essence, we're all in the band. Now, if you've never personally experienced Elijah, and I know there's probably a lot of people listening who are like really excited to hear him, but if you have never actually experienced him, you might be thinking, what the heck is she saying? And I get that. I first got the opportunity to meet Elisha in November of 2010. It was U.S. Thanksgiving, and we were on the island of Kauai. He and I were both set up to stay at our mutual friend's house, Ama Sophia. And the night before he was going to move in, Sophia and I drove out to Noni Land, that's David Wolf's sanctuary, to hear Elisha play. And when we walked in, I remember there were these small clusters of people kind of standing around in conversation. And I remember feeling really shy, like completely intimidated. And so I smiled and I said some hellos. And then I kind of made my way over to sit by the wall in this kind of cozy and safe spot. And across the open floor space, there was this beautiful man standing there. He was warming up his voice and his guitar, and he was laying down some tracks into his loop pedal system. And for a brief moment, our eyes met and we smiled. And immediately, I felt completely safe and totally at ease. You know when you meet somebody who has a heart that is so pure that you feel it all the way to your bones? That's what it was like. 
And then he began to sing and play. And within seconds, my body lifted up off the floor, my heart lifted in my chest, and my inhibitions were literally just floating away. His voice was actually dancing me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he's playing my body like an instrument. How cool is that? And I fully let go. In this kind of feeling of freedom and flow and bliss. And just like that, I was in the band. Now, Elijah and I got to spend the next month together as roommates and got to know each other and grew to friendship and collaborations and travel and just love this man so much. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and cozy, and please welcome one of my favorite people on the whole planet, Elijah Ray. Welcome, Elijah. Aloha, beautiful Angela. Thank you so much for that exquisite story and and welcome. I feel really warmed. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. So you have just landed back on Kauai, I understand. I am back right here in the origin of that story, uh, not far from that house, actually. Um, And it's so good to be back in Kauai. Yes. That's great. That's great. So Elijah, last time we sort of spoke was we were kind of talking via text and we were kind of tapping into what was going on in the current reality as it is. And I believe we, we sort of joked about it being a global ayahuasca journey, fairly intense. Mm. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I'm wondering for you, how are you doing in this last couple of years? How, what's going on in Elijah land? Mm. Well, as you might imagine, that's a, a very large question, Angela. Um, this last two years has been nothing short of uh, c- complete radical um, rerouting of, of everything that um, I thought was happening. <laughs> everything that was planned was, was suddenly uh, wiped like a clean slate from my life. And um, as with you know, all of us on the planet, everything that we had planned was suddenly... Um, shifted and and so many of us had to make some really intense choices and uh, choose to pivot if you will i think that word is a really good word to describe it it was a really um significant pivot from the the rhythm and the the way that i was showing up in in service and in um, in my in my dharma in the world which was primarily touring um making music you know and uh, connecting to communities and audiences around the world and just kind of living living a life of flow state in in motion and that that really changed when um, uh, when this whole situation began to unfold and I found myself back on Kauai and being really still and so that gave me a lot of um, a lot of opportunities and it was a, a intense time of breakdown and breakthrough and what I mean by that is it was, um, in a way, I started to take a look at some patterns that had uh, accumulated over my many, many, many years um, touring and, and producing uh, music and uh, traveling the world and just looking at um, some patterns that it had, in a way, kind of piled up on the back burner of my consciousness and 
It was as if suddenly I had an opportunity to really be with all of them and look at them um, more intensely and closely and, and to nurture some parts of myself that, that I had not um, been uh, really nurturing very well. And, and uh, so there's a lot, of, um, a lot of healing that began to unfold. And for me, right, right when um, you might say the first wave of, of lockdown started to occur, I, I knew intuitively, because uh, I had, had seen this coming for many years, having read you know, um, source documents from the Rockefeller Foundation and, you know, many other uh, documents that described this scenario in great detail from the 90s and early 2000s. So I, uh, it, I wasn't shocked or surprised when this happened, but it was definitely, a, um, like I said, a, an incredible pivot that was needed. It, it came um, at a time where I was really about to start another year of, of a world tour and uh, was preparing to release um, uh, a new album and, and tour that album. And so when I came back to Kauai, I immediately um, knew that there was two things I needed to do. One was to fast. And the second was to be still. And I could feel the psychic energy in the collective and in the heart of humanity was just aching and confused and there was so much mind um, in those first few months. And so my uh, intuitive response to that chaos and confusion was to become more still and more empty. And I began fasting and I ended up fasting for 90 days um, on just uh, liquids only and, wow. and developed a, um, an, an alchemical mineral rich elixir that has become a a really in, incredible part of my life and many people's lives now called jewel juice and jewel juice was kind of born out of that stillness and out of that desire to um, to find ways to come back to the roots of, of the foundation of my my cellular well-being my mental health and um, and nourish my body in, in ways that it was feeling very malnourished after all the, the years of travel and moving through airports and electrical fields. And so in a way I, I kind of got back to my roots and I began diving in the ocean every day again and really um, started to really renewing my relationship with, with nature and, and the ocean and, um, and all the animals and plant life and, and really started to notice that um, I had felt um, a bit, a bit disconnected uh, from from Mother Earth in, in all of my travels and in my desire to connect with, with, with people, I'd kind of lost my roots a bit. And so it was, in a way, an incredible gift to be still mm -hmm. and to, to ground and to really, um, in a way, I, I, I often talk with my close friends about, um, you know, this whole um, I call it a, a spell in a way that's, that's um, kind of done one of two things to, to people. And one is that, you know, it, it can create a lot of chaos and confusion um, as, as, as it was intended to do. But for many of us, it actually became the activating, um, the, the light that lit the fuse of our superpowers. And so many of us actually became activated in, in our inherent and latent gifts and abilities and, and the projects that were on the back burner or the, 
that dream that we were just putting off, you know, for, for years, all of a sudden we, many of us were faced with this realization that it's, it's go time. This is game time. And mm-hmm. this is time to really show up in our, um, in our hearts and in our, in our, the, the fullest expression possible. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that's a bit of a nutshell of, of kind of my first few months um, of this two years, but I would say, you know, to give you a, a bit more of a, a, a broad brushstroke of from that moment to this moment. Now, um, I think the, the theme would be deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my life, I, I had kind of learned from a young child, you know, looking up to my teachers and mentors and in, in music uh, to, to want to be something great. Right. And, and even all of the great, poets and prophets and messengers and teachers and rock stars. And, you know, we kind of look up to these great figures in history and, and, and strive to be great like them, you know, and I, I always had this sense that I was here to do something um, significant and, and, and yet over the years, um, this is kind of in reference to some of those patterns that was uh, hinting at earlier in this, this, mm-hmm. this chair. I noticed that there there was patterns that had snuck into um, to my life, w- which were really, in a way, trying to be something f- for others, for in in almost as a response to what other people wanted me to be, and right. and there's a there's a, a kind of like building up of oneself that is all too easy and, and natural in this world. We're we're kind of taught we gotta accumulate stuff and make money and grow our businesses or just kind of rise to the top of whatever our profession is or whatever our mission is. And, and so there's this sense of striving to be something. And I, I feel like in this last two years, Angela, I, I really, I've really just been enjoying going the opposite direction. Like how can I deconstruct this false image and this sense of self that I was striving to be anything and what if I actually was nothing and and how could I serve from a place of pure presence and flow rather than mm. this um this trying to build up of oneself because boy did that get heavy after a while and so I'm feeling the lightness of being and I'm feeling more and more um set free from uh this kind of pressure to to be anything out in the world or on social media or um, to achieve some kind of status, you know, those things don't um, carry any magnetism for my soul. I'm really just enjoying the process of deconstruction and it's, a, it's a long process, but that's my, my long-winded answer. <laughs> that's beautiful. You know, I love your word deconstruction. Uh, for me, I've been seeing it a lot like a garden in bloom. It's like all the seeds of our mental landscape are germinating and so rapidly that it definitely is overwhelming for most of us. Right. But you're, you know, taking that place of finding your stillness and your center and just allowing that stuff to arise and greet it and work with it and deconstruct those patterns. And I love it. I mean, I think we all have this golden opportunity to make deep foundational radical shifts mm. in the the truth of who we are, you know, getting rid of those inherited and learned behaviors and 
all that unconscious stuff we don't even know we have is now surfacing and revealing to us who we really are. And, you know, that state of presence is key. So I want, I'm going to ask you a question. It's a big question. So here we go. If I handed you the microphone that you could broadcast to the entire world and you could from your heart say whatever it is that you would love to say to humanity, what would it be? Mm. I love that question very much. Good. Well, I would say that, you know, beloveds, there's nothing you need to do to strive to any goal to be more lovable and worthy than you already are right now. Mm. That the, this instilled sense of trying to get somewhere very well may be a distraction from, from the beauty that's right here. And we, all of us are, are worthy of love. All of us are, um, are, are birthright, you know, requires of us to um, simply just show up in the presence that we are. And, and in that presence, it's all given. And, um, and what I would say is that you're lovable. <laughs> you are so mm-hmm. lovable and you are so worthy of being loved. And, um, and I would also say that um, I wish we'd be more kind to each other as we move through this process. And my, my heart sometimes feels um, heavy to see the way that, that people treat each other, you know, because I, I think oftentimes we don't realize what the, the burdens that we're carrying and the burdens that our brothers and sisters are carrying and what's going on at home and what's, what's going on behind the scenes in people's lives and in their, their, their history and their past and what the challenges and victories they've overcome. And, and I would just say to my brothers and sisters out there to, to really take yourself off the hook and, and take other people off the hook of this pressure to, to be anything and just do your best to just to love them because they're, everyone is doing the best they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even um, some of the horrific things that we're seeing, we don't need to um, accept them. We don't need to uh, look away from them, but we also don't, uh, it, it's important to keep in mind that we are, um, we're dealing with a, a mass hypnosis that um, people are, are, coping with in, in many different ways. And in those ways of coping, um, don't underestimate the power of kindness and the power of, of true presence and to show up and, 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 and smile from your heart through their eyes into their heart. And what that mm-hmm. can awaken is, um, it's, is so underestimated. it's like, when you told that story, Angela, mm-hmm. um, I had forgotten about that moment, but I remembered as soon as you said it, I remember meeting you. I remember seeing you in that room and, um, and, and feeling you showing up and, and, um, and kind of looking around the room a little bit. Uh, I, I, I could feel your energy was inward, you know, kind of yeah. a little introverted in that moment. And it just made me want to smile and, 
and connect my heart to yours because that's mm. what we do. That's what humans do. That's what we're here for is to remind each other that it's safe to be wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And if we all did that simple thing for each other, no matter what the stories are, no matter what we're going through, no matter if we have money in the bank or not, or, or what we think people's histories are, to just connect at, in our humanity to each other. Um, it's, it's so simple that a child can do it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is um, what I would share with our, our human family at this time, that it's the innocence of children and the, um, that, that spirit of, of human kindness and connection that uh, is, is going to be our way through this. And, uh, mm. and yes to the, the warrior spirits, yes to, to those who are taking uh, this moment as an, an opportunity to, to rise up into their, their power and claim their sovereignty in whatever way is really true and good for them. But it's really the children that I'm, I'm here for the next seven generations that I'm here as a, as an uncle, as a father, as a brother, as a friend, and as, as one of these children who's here to, um, you know, connect with all the others and make this a really safe and beautiful place to be. Um, let's not forget the power of, of human kindness that can melt um, even, even some of the greatest of evils that we perceive as being unstoppable forces can, can melt in, in the power of innocence. And that's why, um, that's why it's under attack. That's why it scares the system. That's why innocence has been, um, you might say, sought after because it is the very thing. It is the power that mm-hmm. unlocks the whole game. Mm-hmm. Well said. You know, and I agree, like kindness is, kindness is something that you can give to people where it's completely telling them that you are greeting them right where they're at. Mm. There's no expectation for them to be or show up any different than they are. And there is Mm. nothing more comforting and, and safe feeling than being in the presence of someone who just wants you to be you. Because like you said, imagine if we all just showed up playing our part, like you say, the warriors, the activists, the meditators, the, you know, service people, whatever, if we just showed up as who we truly were or are, the mosaic would become an entirely different picture. Yes. It's so true. Right. It's so true. That's like the band is that there's every instrument is needed it's an orchestra of diverse beauty and and the string sections are are only valuable in in the sweet contrast of the horn section and the drums and you know the the way that the rhythms create this foundation and play off of uh the ways the the clarinets come in and out it's like this music of life is it, it's it feels so obvious when when you look at it like that like there would be no music without that diversity but what we have happening right now is um people who are becoming activated in their power and yet in this you might say immature uh, place we expect everyone to to do and act the way that we're needing to do and act 
And so we, we kind of get fired up. It's like, well, everybody should be angry. And actually, no, not everyone should be angry. If you're, if you're feeling righteous anger and that's the moment of activation for you, go for it and move through that and celebrate who's with you in that. But we need everyone just actually being what's authentic and true for them. And I think that that gets lost in it, in, um, in the, the activist movements and also in the spiritual community, especially it's like, not everything's supposed to be bland and pastel colored rainbows and just everyone meditating there. There, we need all of the notes in the symphony to be loud and clear to create this, mm-hmm. this spectrum. And uh, so in a way we, we may look toward acceptance and, um, and compassion and, and patience and think of ourselves more as superconductors of a symphony um, rather than uh, trying to get everyone to play the same note. Mm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I appreciate what you shared there. Beautifully said. And you know, that's a, an awesome segue into, you know, kind of honing in on one of your amazing gifts is your relationship with the sound current itself. Mm. And, you know, when you think about, creation itself being this, you know, wonderful three-dimensional canvas of the void of infinite potential. It's that sound current moving through that void that creates the geometries or the blueprints for what gets manifested. And so ultimately it's our, our vibe, our eminence, our, our attitudes, our focus, our awareness, our energy, our breathing rates. It's all of these things coming together to play the instrument that is us. And so as a person who is so deeply in relationship with pure sound, do you have any advice for people to, you know, get more in touch and in alignment with who they truly are so that they can feel that courage and that comfort and that safety or that, you know, impulse to show up and, and sing their song? Mm. Yes, absolutely. I, I, love, I love this question very much. And you're actually invoking probably an area of life I'm the most passionate about (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, because it, I really, I was getting the image as you were asking this question of, um, of someone sitting there almost like a little child being told to be quiet and, Mm -hmm. and watching the the throat chakra close. And I just want to ask everyone to imagine for a moment and moment in your life where you may have been um, shut down or told to close or to be quiet or that it wasn't acceptable to talk or speak or make certain sounds. And what we can do in, in regards to your question to get in touch with our, our voice, because everyone's talking about, oh, you got to find your voice and speak up and speak out. But we're dealing with the, we're in a situation where we have, you know, just billions of humans who were never given a, um, a foundation where it was encouraged and where it was safe to really explore and use their voice. And, and so in a way that activation of our own voice is one of the most um, profound contributions we could make to the collective system to 
simply, and here's how I, I would suggest that everyone out there just even takes the first step in getting in touch with it, is something I call the tone home. The tone home is really just uh, sounding uh, the word home. And, and homing, just like oming, uh, into your heart and feeling the sound and the vibration of your own voice with no intention of singing or needing to, to make it sound pretty or not, but just feeling the vibration of your own voice is so um, primal and so simple. And, and it's right at, at our fingertips. And in, in this very breath, we could do it. In fact, I would love to suggest that you and I just do a tone home right now, just <laughs> okay. because we can. All right. Are you open to that? <laughs> you bet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's just take a one deep breath and everyone out there, you can join us because it just feels so good. Let's take one deep breath and we'll let this breath out. Ready, go. And we'll do one more of those and take another breath and just let out a sigh or any sound you need to make. No pressure. Ready, set, go. Ah. And now this time we'll take a big deep breath and we're just going to tone the word home. Any note that's true for you, but put your hand on your heart and see if you can make your hand vibrate with this mm. sound of home. Ready? All right. Mm -hmm. Set. Go. Doesn't that feel so much better? <laughs> really Just that does. one single sound. It took us, what, like five seconds? And yeah. yet instantly we're connected to something again that we didn't even realize we were disconnected from before. We made that right. sound, but we're a little closer to it now. And yeah. this is, um, for me, one of the most exciting things to share with people, and which is why I've um, you know, devoted... A, my life to, to music and sound, but also to teaching and to, um, you know, creating containers for individuals and groups of people to, um, to guide them back home to their, to their own voice and to, to deepen in that, um, mm. that connection to their instruments. So in a way, this simple thing of, even if you just did that one thing of a toning home throughout your day, whenever you think about it, whenever it comes into your mind, and if it's, five times a day or 500 times a day, that is probably the simplest and most accessible thing you could do to get back into touch with your power, your true voice, your truth, um, and enter a flow state of communication. Because what follows after toning and, and feeling your own sound vibrating in your body again, and just being present with it is a, um, I, I find a more authentic style of communicating tends to follow um, that reconnection. And so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so there you have it. Beautiful. You know, uh, throughout the conversation so far, one of the things that's kind of a theme is the concept of simple. And, you mm. know, I think it's so important to kind of focus on that because I think in our world with our mental constructs being so complicated, we're always looking for something more complex, 
to be mm. the answer to our stress. And it really mm. does come back to these simple things like kindness and, you know, connecting into the breath and, you know, using your voice to vibrate your body. It really does come back to those simple things to find your center, that mm. sweet spot where you can be present to what's arising and let it come up without, you know, avoiding it or impairing it or suppressing it or distracting mm -hmm. it. You can just let yourself be and re reveal that part to yourself while you're still aware and present and tapped into every possibility. And so mm -hmm. really we're in a way we're, we're a little bit like the, the kids in the beginning music classes where our instruments might not sound so sweet right now, but it's so good to let them play, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Now true. you, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? I just want to just give you a big hug right now because you named something that is probably the, the truest truth of them all, which is when it's, when it's simple, you know, you're on the right track. <laughs> Right. Um, right. 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 Now you, you have been guiding people, as you said, in vocal activations. And I know I got the pleasure of having a private one in Peru when we were traveling and, oh, yes. uh, and then we did another one in Kauai uh, with a group. And uh, then you came up to Grand Prairie and we did another one here with a larger group. It was That's a lot right. of fun. So tell me how has your uh, vocal activations and your in your training and getting people, you know, really connected in that flow of the sound current. How has that evolved? What are you doing with that now? Mm. Great question. Well, it's been, um, gosh, about 12 or 13 years now um, of developing, um, you might say this, this body of work or a, um, really a modality uh, that's emerged out of the flow state of just connecting to sound and sharing what, um, what that looks like and, and feels like for me. But from that has come uh, a structure that's turned into a bit of a, um, a school that um, we have put into the format of a few online masterclasses that you can even right now go and uh, connect to and, um, and dive into to all the content that's, that's there waiting for you. Um, but, but really at the beginning of last year, I had one of my dear friends and, um, you know, a, a fellow artist and incredible uh, creator in her own right, who was also a student of mine for a few years in the vocal empowerment masterclasses I was doing each year, um, reach out to me and, and say that, hey, Elijah, I just want you to know I've been teaching this work and, and all of the, the training I've done with you has really um, impacted the way that I teach uh, voice and um, helping people connect to this primal sound. Would you be open to doing something together? And so we ended up um, kind of co-creating uh, what's called vocal core resonance. And that became oh. a, an incredible, um, um, in a way that was part of my pivot <laughs> of that year as I was watching my, my tour schedule get wiped clean, um, I ended up kind of uh, changing lanes and focusing on, on teaching uh, much of that year. So we, we actually did a 12-week a course and, and it turned out really well. And we, we filmed it all and, um, you know, got that up into an online portal that you can access. And, and then we've done a kind of, uh, last year we did a, 
a reprise of it and added more content and now we're creating a workbook for it. So there's, there's some wonderful um, structure coming together around this uh, modality called vocal core resonance. And so it, it's definitely evolved a lot since I saw you um, and shared it with you, but the core and the seed and, and the consciousness of the work is, is really the same. It's really, the, it's that simple um, thread that connects it all, but the, the body of work has definitely um, grown and evolved and, and matured a lot since then. And I'm, I'm really um, honored to be able to share it with people. And, and right now there's, um, like I said, all that content's available online. And I'm really just focusing on working with just a few one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, students at a time uh, to, to really uh, work with leaders and, and people who are, you know, emergent in fields where their voice and their message is, uh, is really needed to be uh, clear and strong and, and people who are looking to uh, really step up their game and, and their own um, singing and communicating and, and also just in their being and, and, and how they um, use sound as an everyday tool to, to navigate their life. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I really work with, um, you know, leaders and, uh, and teachers and, you know, a few um, incredible uh, musicians and artists that um, I'll, I'll take on two or three students at a time. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. The rest of my time, I try to keep, uh, keep focused on all the other things I'm building, but I do love to teach. Mm -hmm. yeah. So would you say, Elijah, that these courses are ideal for people that are, are in the singing, wanting to learn more about singing, or is this, is this universal? Everybody can access this information. Yeah, really, really both. It, it absolutely is um, a, a joy if you are a singer um, to deepen into that uh, path uh, with this, this wisdom and, and some of the perspectives and tools that for me really have opened up entire different realms in my music um, mm. that are not available in say just singing lessons or the mainstream approach to singing, uh, which is important to have those tools. But this is a, this is more of like um you might say a Hogwarts school for singers. Oh, <laughs> and so, I like that. Um, there's a bit of, of um, you know, um, other realms of energetic uh, training that are involved in, in this vocal empowerment um, study. And that being said, it really is universal. I've, I've had, um, you know, hundreds of people come through the course that were um, considered themselves absolute beginners of, of sound and have never sang on a stage before and, and yet they always wanted to or um, you know thought leaders who are wanting to get more refined in their message and in their podcast and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of different people that have come in uh, to, 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 to learn and it, it does seem like it, it's been able to really uh, offer a pretty universal value to everybody. Mm, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. And so for people who are interested in that, how would they, how would they access that? Where's the information at? Yeah, well, they can go to my, my website, ElijahRayMusic.com. And okay. from there, um, there's, there's a few portals. Uh, one of them is called Experience. And if you go to the top, you click on Experience, and that would bring you over to um, the band of light experience uh, portal. And through there, there's many different offerings. One of them being the vocal core resonance mm -hmm. um, uh, portal. And that that's kind of where you'll find those teachings. There's also 
um, master classes on uh, where I teach about live looping and, and how to get going for people who are interested to understand and dive into the world of live looping as that's been a modality I've um, I've, I've certainly um, you know cultivated over the last 15 years and a um, few other uh, jewels in there that you can find as well. But yeah, it's, I think the easiest way is just to go to elijaraymusic.com mm-hmm. and uh, kind of navigate uh, from there. Beautiful, beautiful. So Elijah, when you are in flow and life invariably comes along and triggers up those wonderful opportunities to you know, work with self, how do you <laughs> align yourself back into flow when you get you know, bumped out of your lane, as we were talking about earlier. <laughs> it's such, such a gentle way to, to name that, Angela. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like a bit more, more than that, doesn't it? Um, it can like a be, side swipe? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a, a tsunami wave hitting you and uh, tumbling you. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, when, you know, when these kinds of things inevitably happen, which they do, um, I find that, for instance, I had something come up yesterday where um, someone I was speaking and sharing with, um, I didn't feel like I, I was being heard. You know, I felt like actually my, my words were being twisted and I was misunderstood. And they said something uh, back to me that seemed to be the opposite of what I was sharing with them. And I, was, I felt this little energy rising that, that was feeling really misunderstood. And, and all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, this is that moment where um, there's a little ego in there that wants to, to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be felt, wants to be right. But let me just breathe mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me do a tone home. And so I actually shared with this person um, can you, can you hold for one moment? And I pressed mute. I was talking to them on the phone. I pressed mute and I did a couple of tone homes. And when I came back to the conversation, I noticed that that energy and desire to be right or to be seen or to have them hear me uh, was, mm-hmm. was lessened. And what was um, brought into the space was uh, more presence. Now, this sounds like some fluffy words if you're just saying it, but to do it, to be, to be willing to navigate back to presence is, boy, is it um, a, a constant daily uh, Jedi training, you know, just to, in totally. every possible moment, like, come back here, come back home, come back to the breath. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think there's any um, you know, right or wrong way to do it as long as we can get back. And so for me, I find sound helps, breath helps, um, you know, plate sometimes even just massaging my abdomen uh, when I'm noticing uh, that I'm kind of, uh, you know, knocked out of my lane temporarily and just bringing myself back into my body because um, what's happening right now uh, planetarily, as we spoke about earlier, you mentioned the, the analogy of um, being in a collective ayahuasca journey. It does feel like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for anyone who's, who's ever, you know, sat with that medicine, uh, you already know it's, it's not pretty. It's not, it's not easy. And people are, you know, purging and, and groaning and other people are laughing. And there's just, there's um, it, it's an essential 
uh, excavation of whatever content, be it the all, everything we've denied about ourselves, it, it, at some point or another, it needs to be cleaned out. It needs to be honored. It needs to move through. It can't just hide in the basement. And so whatever those energies are uh, for you, you know, they, they might be very different from whatever they are for me, might be guilt mm-hmm. or, sh- or shame or some kind of childhood trauma or sexual abuse or, you know, what, whatever has occurred in your experience in your life and your, your body, it's not your fault, but it is yours to do, to, to, um, to get in there and let it go, to, to let it flow through you, to, to not hold um, and um, in a way uh, unnecessarily claim that energy that's actually not your energy. It's, it's energy that's meant to move through you. Um, and, and once it's moved through and released, and I, I really honor uh, and, and um, you know, would suggest to everybody out there listening, if you're not already, you know, to really seek out whatever forms of emotional release, breathwork, um, you know, even just spending time in nature can be helpful to start to kind of open up these basement floors and, and let these energies move through us that whatever it is that we've been holding, but especially with the emotional release stuff, this, this moment, the reason it's so intense. One of the reasons is because it's, it's kind of stirring the pot of what it's not like, um, it's not like shadow is anything new. It's not like um, manipulation or some of the, the darker energies that we're seeing unfolding across the planet right now they're not new they're they're being revealed and in this revelation there is um, a lot of trauma being stirred up that that had been hidden and repressed for a long time and this requires a lot of compassion a lot of that's why i i you know spoke to kindness earlier because it's like if we can be kind to ourselves as we're navigating other people's uh revelations of their own trauma this is a really intense uh, collective trauma release and not everyone's, uh, you know, not everyone's gracefully moving through it. Right. There's a lot of kicking yeah. and screaming. There's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of resistance to feeling it. There's a lot of um, name calling and, and pointing of fingers and blame. And that being said, what's ours to do? What is our part and our role to contribute something of value to this collective experience to make it, you know, a bit more easeful for the, for the rest of us, if Mm -hmm. we can claim and own and, um, you know, maintain connection uh, and authorship and ownership of the energy that belongs to us, whatever it is that we have done, whatever it is that we have taken on, whatever has been done to us to allow those energies to not only be released, but set them free and even better yet bonus five gold stars if you can turn it into art, <laughs> if you can turn uh, it into something creative, if you can turn it into something that can help other people witness you turning that lead into gold, that's, mm-hmm. I think, what, um, what we strive for. That's what greatness is, is to take the dross and turn it into gold. And in whatever way is true for you, um, I, that's my prayer is that we all find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. You know, in the uh, study of flow states, they look at flow like a wave with four different phases. And mm. the first phase, of course, is where you're trying to climb the wave to the top of the wave. And that phase is often termed as struggle. 
And what struggle really is, is when we're caught in the loops of those, you know, practiced, memorized states of thinking and breathing and how our body is and our state of being, we just loop and we get caught, you know, just like the earth when it spins has a gravitational field that holds objects to its surface. When we loop in our mind, it holds us in that problem, in that stress and strife. And the beauty of a flow state is that when you can take yourself into the witness of that, into that sweet spot and observe, Mm. this is what's happening to me. Again, like you said, it's not my fault, but now I have an opportunity to look at it and let it unpack and let it rise. When we do that, we get to the top of the wave and that pressure and energy that's trapped actually becomes the fuel to launch us into flow. And then we, yeah, we get to move beyond all of those things we've memorized and get into states of fresh new patterns and ideas and possibilities. You know, Einstein always says you can't solve a problem from inside the thinking that created it. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in order for us to really start dealing with some of the real wicked problems that we're facing, we're going to need to learn to launch into flow and Mm. come up with these innovations. And the beauty of that is twofold, because not only will we come up with new solutions, but we'll do just what you said, we'll unpack those traumas, those patterns that mostly we don't even know where they came from, or what they are even, but we'll unlock that will liberate those patterns evolve them on the fly and use the energy that's trapped. Mm. Yeah, really well said. It's true. It's fuel. All all of what we would judge to be bad or wrong about the world is actually fuel for for creation. Um, If if we can find a way, you know, even a a fallen dead tree uh, can light a fire that can warm the whole tribe. So it's, we've, we've, you know, as, creative beings as manifestations of God, of, of the, the universal impulse that, that gave us life. We are here to find creative solutions to, to the most darkest uh, times. And, and here we are in the midst of it all. And I want to just name something that, you know, I, I, I love sharing with you, Angela, because I, I appreciate the frequency of, um, you know, the, the commitment and devotional current that, that moves through you is, so um natural to be around and it's it's so clear there's always been a resonance in the way that we uh love the world and and love people and and see the goodness in at the heart and at the core of every moment and i also want to name that you know part of the deconstruction process in this last couple of years has also been really you know looking at the um the repression and the denial uh, in in the the new age and spiritual community, especially of of the the great wickedness that is occurring, and um, I've I've seen a, a little bit of a um, an almost like a, a bypassing, you might say, like in mm-hmm. and I have really been looking closely for any signs of that in myself, and I want to name that out loud for the people who are listening that when we're talking about. Um, accessing and, and, and really choosing kindness, choosing compassion, choosing love. This is not coming from a, a sugar-coated bypassy place of, oh, let's pretend that, you know, everything's just, 
you know, roses and rainbows right now. Cause exactly. it's not, you know, this is not, uh, this is not a, uh, let's gloss over, uh, the horrible things that are being done to our children and to our grandparents and to our brothers and sisters and pretend like this, it's not happening. No, that, that is the impetus, the great horrors that I've, I'm watching unfold and I'm keeping a close eye always on, um, on the intense uh, tragedies that are occurring. And I'm, I'm speaking in, uh, in contact with many councils around the world that are tracking and, and doing our best to find solutions to some of the darkest problems, child trafficking, um, you know, some of the, the mandates around uh, the medical tyranny that's happening. And, and you know, cause I'm, I'm certainly in honor of everyone's choices and in honor mm-hmm. of, as a sovereign being, you, you, Truly, um, you know, I will respect whatever choices you make, uh, mm-hmm. but to be forced uh, in- into the kinds of situations people are being forced into um, is is the opposite direction of life itself. Uh, and so as a steward and a guardian of life, it is absolutely imperative that we allow our warrior energy to speak and to rise up and to, uh, to say no. And that that does that is love as well. Love in mm-hmm. action can be, um, you know, a mother who will roar at the top of her lungs and say, "No, mm-hmm. you will not touch my child." That is love too. Love is also, um, you know, uh, to stand and be immovable. That can be love. Mm-hmm. Love does not mean. Um, you know, you're going to just be a pushover and, and do whatever the government tells you. So I just want to be really clear that um, when we, when I speak of love and, and compassion and kindness, um, I, I really want to be uh, honoring of what that asks of us in each moment. And that is up to, to each of us to determine and to discern. And sometimes love, um, you know, may very well look like um just turning off the TV and growing your garden. <laughs> that could be, mm-hmm. that could be the most loving thing you might be able to do for yourself. Um, I would actually suggest it to everyone listening. Um, please turn off your TV and grow a garden. But that being <laughs> said, you know, love could also look like, uh, you know, drawing really strong boundaries and, and, and standing for what you believe. And so, um, you know, that all being said, Mm-hmm. It's important uh, that we, as a community, as a tribe, as a as a people, you know, create uh, safety with each other as humans to be able to speak, to use our voices, to talk about what's going on, to talk about um, what's happening with our neighbors. And I and I feel like, you know, this kind of goes back to that question you asked earlier about our voices and how to get in touch with, with our voice and our, our, our power and our, uh, our truth. It's like, we, we just need to start doing it more. We need to not do the programmed um, kind of robotic thing where you just kind of see someone and, you know, put your mask on and look away and don't talk to anyone, like talk to people, mm-hmm. really connect to them, look them in the eyes and say, Hey, Hey, I've seen you before. What's your name? Or how are you doing right now? This is an intense thing that we're all in. You know, do you need anything? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what are your visions and dreams about where we're going? And, you know, what do you, as a neighbor or as a 
as a fellow human, what do you think mm-hmm. about what's happening? Really talk to people because when I talk to people um, and I look humans in the eye everywhere I go, most people are looking at their phones, <laughs> you know? Sure. And if you just yeah. get their attention for a moment, say, hey, um, hey, fellow human, how are you feeling today? You know, most, most often people want the same things. Mm-hmm. All over the planet, everywhere I've been, Angela, they, most humans just want to do good for themselves and their family. They just yeah. want to have a safe space to live, to be. They want to thrive. They want to have enough to eat and, and take care of each other. And this, this um, in a way, this, this uh, illusion that's, that's kind of been broadcast onto all of the screens and all of the news media and everything that, you know, we should humans need to be afraid of each other now that right. they, they could catch something from each other and they better keep their distance. Like this is a, this is a very intentional um, splitting of, um, of trust in each mm-hmm. other. And it's, it's, it didn't just start two years ago. This, this, they've been at this for a while. Um, and, and we have to ask why, you know, what is the, what is the purpose from weakening the trust of humans with each other, what would that possibly do? And and the answer is that it, it makes humans much more pliable and and willing to go along uh, with with plans that are benefiting very few. And and we're not here for that. We're we're here to um, you know see through those agendas, if you will, and 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 do and do good anyway we we can still love each other anyway we can still band together and connect to each other and find solutions anyway and Mm -hmm. it is intense and it is um scary at times to see what's happening some of the stories and the the videos and uh, all the memes that are going around that are trying to share information in a time where if you speak the truth you could have your channel shut off and uh, you know, this is a, this is like a revolutionary moment. And I think at the, at the core of it all is, um, if we can remember the power of human connection, the power of, of just that innocence, you know, like if you look with the eyes of a child at what's happening and just connect to your brother and your sister, we, we all pretty much want the same thing. And I, I think it's so important to remember that at this time, it helps ground me back into my body when I remember that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. You know, I think that the saber-toothed tiger of our modern age is discomfort. You know, people mm. will run from discomfort. And, you know, you can understand why. I mean, we've been being bombarded with so much stimulus for so long that our nervous systems are so used to being triggered that people have gone to avoidance or distraction or suppression or impairment just to shut them down. And now in this intensified soup, you know, it's like literally like we're frogs in a pot of water that's on a stove and it's heating slowly. And Mm. so, you know, people coming back to that core simplicity of kindness and remembering that really, you know, most people are walking around more in fear of feeling uncomfortable than they are of what might be making them uncomfortable. And mm. so taking that first step to, you know, inquire as to what is actually making me uncomfortable to go into that witness and observation state is so key. And one of the things that I personally believe is the most optimistic thing of all of this mm. is that when you push people 
to a breaking point. Mm -hmm. That's when these shifts occur. That's when people decide to deal with what is making them uncomfortable and reach for something better. And that's Mm. when you enter into those flow states. That's when you break those loops. When you finally acknowledge that there is no solution and there's no way you can stay in that level of intensity. Mm. And of course, that's also very risky because people are dealing with real trauma, real deep pain and suffering. It's everywhere. And so people need that community. They need that support, that feeling that somebody's willing to sit with you and just be with you while you be you and go through what you need to go through. No judgment, no aversion, just pure presence and compassion and love for, for ourselves and others. And so, you know, I, I think we're about to witness the greatest moment in human history when people really start realizing that you say, shut off the TV, come step out of their house and actually look what's really going on versus what's the narrative. And in your own neighborhood, your own community, how can you make that better? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And it really is the little things at the end of the day, you know, all the, all the little ways, those little acts of, of human kindness, those little uh, moments of just taking, you know, 30 seconds to look someone in the eye and say hello can make all the difference in, the, in their day. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful for you, Angela. I'm grateful I'm for this conversation to remember these things that are just right at our fingertips. And yet um, we, we all need reminders. <laughs> We sure do. We sure do. Well, thank you so much for um, spending this time with me and with all the people that will be listening. We really deeply appreciate it. I look forward to the day when travel aligns our paths again, and we get to do something fun in person. And until then, I just love you so much and just wish you so well in all your projects. And thank you for showing up so fully all the time. It is an inspiration and it is a gift. So thank you so much, Elijah. Thank you, Angela. I love you too. And to everyone out there, um, from my heart to yours, aloha. Thank you. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Radical Flow podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do share. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.